1: No bad days here. Happy Friday, Eve, everybody. Welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us. To my left, the one and only Kimberly A. Martin. Hello. Good morning to you, sir. Dan Orlovsky, pride of CT. What's Good going to see on? you. How we doing? Did
2: Stephen A. move to Los Angeles?
1: No, it's because the NBA. They're doing it out of there. There's all this stuff going I on. I do not know if
2: you got like residence, you know. No,
1: he like... has a residence, okay. but he actually has to be out there for work. So. Well,
3: that backfired yeah. on me.
1: Good morning, Stephen A. Hi.
3: Good morning. All you had to do was ask the question, my brother. You ain't got to go on national television and speculate <laughs> what I'm standing right, sit right in front of you. All you had to do was ask why I was out here, but then Marcus just goes to show me. You, you wasn't really me interested oh, in the truth. You just wanted to throw you some see? stuff out there.
2: Nah, Marcus wanted oh, me because you and Mad Dog yesterday. Marcus, he's home, so you guys are coming. I just he he had asked me to kind of make sure I had his back. Well, you so know, if you
3: clicked you. on the channel yesterday. In the 4 o'clock hour, you would have seen NBA Countdown on ESPN. Then you clicked it on in a 5 o'clock hour, you would have said NBA Countdown on ABC. Even though I was here in the morning, I was doing Countdown in the afternoon. Just wanted to know, let you know I'm that.
2: Technically not but true. If you cases. clicked on ESPN at 4 o'clock, it would say NFL Live. But Well, I said uh-huh. the 4 o'clock
3: hour. I didn't say 4 o'clock. You misquoted me. See, there you go again.
1: Really? That this this is how we're starting. I gotta rile them up somehow. Okay, chippy, let's get it. Mission accomplished. Good job. After that epic fail in the wild card game, where many said the Packers Matt Lafleur outcoached the Cowboys Mike McCarthy, Dallas has decided to stick with McCarthy as their head coach moving forward. Jerry Jones saying this: "There is accountability for our results. I'm accountable for our results." The lens we use to view and evaluate Coach McCarthy is holistic. While we're all disappointed with the result on Sunday and with our playoff record, I am 100% supportive of him as our head coach and our ability to reach our goals. Earlier, Adam Schefter was on Get Up and he had more on this decision. Adam?
2: Each day that went by without a decision, that told you more and more that the Cowboys were not going to go in a direction in which they would be firing Mike McCarthy. And there began to be whispers about it the last couple of days that Jerry would not be making a change. And I think he made it readily apparent in a couple of things that he said yesterday. Number one, he believes in continuity, stability, and that Mike McCarthy has the highest winning percentage in the regular season of any coach in Dallas Cowboys history. And as Jerry Jones thought about all of that and thought about the record in the regular season and thought about the blame that everybody shared, shared in Sunday's disappointing loss to the Green Bay Packers, he ultimately decided that change at this point would not be a good thing.
1: And this is how Stephen A. reacted (laughs) on social media last night to this news. You're hilarious. Um... SA, were you surprised that Jerry's sticking with Mike McCarthy?
3: (laughs) No, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm really not surprised. I don't think it's the best decision. I don't think it's the wisest decision. I think it's the wrong decision, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but I, I'm thankful. I'm grateful because it essentially ensures, it <laughs> essentially essentially ensures that the Dallas Cowboys will not be winning any time for the foreseeable future. Thank you very, very much. I mean, listen, I'm sitting up there and, you know, thinking about what, what we do on this show and what have you. Listen, the, the Dallas Cowboys, for me, are the gift that keeps on giving. They just don't let me down. And yet again, yesterday, I mean, I gave that look because it it was basically what I read. I just retweeted something that I had tweeted Sunday and I just retweeted it again yesterday, okay? And I'm just laughing my behind off because I'm like, "You, you, you just can't make this stuff up. They will not learn. And let me tell you something right now to all the aspiring coaches out there. You too should want, to be the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys under Jerry Jones. Because you see, if you work out in the regular season and you're decent, and you get into the postseason, and you never, ever, ever even have to think about a Super Bowl championship because 13 straight trips to the postseason without a trip to the conference championship is what the resume shows. And yet you have the unwavering support of the billionaire owner of the most popular franchise in all of sports, worth over $9 billion. And all you have to to do is get to the playoffs. I mean, can you ask for much more than that? Talk about job security. Just think about that for a second here. You got about 13 or 15 Pro Bowlers, whatever you said, whatever number you said it was, Dan Olofsky, (laughs) about 15 Pro Bowlers, right? You got about 15 Pro Bowlers. You get 12 win seasons, all right? You get bounced out. You understand what I'm saying? Before you got a chance to pass gas, but you keep your job. You keep your job. We are gonna hold on to you. We value you because we're all accountable. We're all accountable, right? Jerry Jones is just weeks away, from, or weeks removed, rather, from acknowledging that when you look at us, there is no question we have Super Bowl aspirations. We believe in this team. We've got faith in this team, et cetera, et cetera. And what do you do? It doesn't matter. And then I'm looking at certain things because I think it's important to point this stuff out. This is the Mike McCarthy he's keeping. The Mike McCarthy that coached the Dallas Cowboys in 2021 led the NFL with 127 penalties and had the second – most penalty yards fast forward two years later you got 115 total penalties but you led the league in penalty yards i didn't bring up clock management i said penalties penalties is one thing clock management's another then you go out and you give up 48 points you're down 48 to 16 with six minutes left in the game in a game that you were favored considerably, by the way, to win in this wildcard playoff round. And you walk away from that with a six-time champion like Bill Belichick out there on the market, along with a guy like Jim Harbaugh, and you deduce that we're in a great situation. Why? Because evidently, Super Bowl championships are not the priority. Mm. Let me fool everybody into being competitive enough to tease the American public to say, hey, we too shall return. We got a chance, we got a chance, and then we're sitting here, and it's not even week two of the postseason, and you're already home. This is who they are. I just want to give a special thanks to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, because needless to say, I get to sit back for at least another 364 days and say, be patient, just wait, Wait. Wait. they Mm -hmm. won't let you down. And sure enough, this is what they've ensured yet again. We'll be back here next year with me saying the same thing to you, to the Cowboy fans out there. Howdy. How do you do? (laughs) Steven.
2: Can I, give you a, can I give you a business? You should make a T-shirt that says, be patient, just wait, they'll let you down. You should make those T-shirts. They
3: won't let you down. Just be patient. Go ahead. Go ahead, fellas.
4: So I think this is a – I'm not surprised. I, uh, pause. I was surprised when Schefter broke the news initially. But the more I thought about it, I said, this is very much in line with how Jerry Jones conducts business. The question about whether this is a mistake or not, we will see, but I think for me personally looking at this, if I'm a Cowboys fan looking at this, I think it's a mistake for two reasons. One of the reasons is if Jerry Jones didn't even attempt to see if Bill Belichick through back channels was interested, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you have to feel like that's a mistake because you have a coach, the greatest of all time. Who is available. This is a wild offseason where you have Bill Belichick available. And if Jerry Jones didn't even attempt to figure out if this man who's won all these Super Bowls could come and literally take my team to the promised land. I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you have to feel like that's a mistake. Number two, if you're a Cowboys fan, I have to think you would think this is a mistake. If Jerry Jones simply made this decision because he didn't want to go through the process of another regime change and that's something Stephen a As you know Troy Aikman had said to you on your own show. This is Stephen a Smith uh, Show he said that and when Troy Aikman said that my ears perked up because I said that is not a good enough reason I understand his age, but for me When I think about relationships, when I think about marriages, because Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy, they're in a marriage. When I think about the future, when you think about marriages, you have to think about, am I happy? Is this going in the direction that I think it needs to? And if you have any doubt in your mind, but you say, you know what? It's not so bad. It's not great. I'm not really happy, but it's okay. This, the, th- what I know now is better than what I don't know out there. That, to me, is a failure. So if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm disappointed if those two things happen. If Jerry Jones feels like Mike McCarthy, I believe everything he said. This man, I, I, the reason I hired him is the reason I still believe in him. If Mike McCarthy sat in that meeting and said, look, first year of me running the offense, what did Dak do? He had his best season. Granted, in the regular season, but it was an MVP-type season up until the very end of the season. If Jerry Jones firmly, 100% believed that, God bless him. Because I would love for Samai to love me that much and have that mm. much faith in my ability. I hope for his sake he is right about this because this team is too talented right now to do more of what it has been doing.
2: Yeah. Um, I-, I was surprised because I bought the lie. I, I bought the lie from Jerry Jones that there was nothing more important on earth than getting the Cowboys another Super Bowl ring. Before I go into my exact reasons, I have to apologize to both Stephen A. and Marcus. They've had the Cowboys pinned for two years now. Stephen A. has – and I used to think it was like a, like a, like a shtick. It's not. It's legit <laughs> dead on that they cannot play in January. That's just they, – they, con- they consistently play well September to December – and they can't play in January. You're, you're spot I mean, it's,
3: on. It's, it, it's not two. It's two eight. And now two nine. It's 29,
2: 29 years. 29 years. 29 years. And not Marcus 20, has repetitively, repetitively said, well, the roster, you know, Jerry Jones, they don't go make that big move to really put them over the edge. And I've I've kind of pushed back on to both those guys, and they've been spot on. I bought the lie when Jerry Jones said that, there was, that he stays up at night, and you can hear if you walk through Dallas at night and you'll hear him thinking about the Cowboys <laughs> and getting back to another Super Bowl. I honestly believed that was the most important thing. It's not. The most important thing for Jerry Jones is comfort. He chases comfort on a consistent basis when it comes to the decision-making at the Cowboys. The second part of this that I don't understand, when in his quote he says, we're all accountable – Who is being held accountable? You're keeping the head coach. You obviously aren't changing the coordinator because he's the play caller. Your defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, if he doesn't go get a head coach, is more than likely going to be back as the defensive coordinator. And you're going to pay the quarterback who, in the last three off playoff losses, has been poor even more money than you already had. There is no accountability. And Stephen A., like – I have honestly felt for the longest time that Cowboys fans hate me, like have a strong dislike for me, and maybe they do. I think it's displaced anger. I think they have so much anger pent up at this organization and the decision-making and the the lack of we got to go do whatever it takes to go win a Super Bowl that they take it out on everybody but the actual team or but the actual owner. So do I think it's a mistake? I do. We'll find out in a year. We'll find out next January if it's an actual mistake. But I have no evidence to think it won't be.
3: Well, see, I got a friend. And it's interesting that you bring up that note because I, I got one of my boys. He's based out of Detroit. I, I, I love him, but I block him constantly and I don't listen to him about 360 out of the 365 days a year. Part of the reason is because he thinks he invented the game of basketball and he doesn't even believe that LeBron James is a top 10 player of all time, which just shows his idiocy. And then the other side to it is that he thinks that he knows more than everybody else. And so he's literally texting me right now, and I won't say his name because I know he wants pub and I'm not giving it to him even (laughs) though he's I want
0: to know know his name I'm not gonna gonna give his name
3: he doesn't deserve it he doesn't deserve it because he's being an idiot right now because what happens is (laughs) because what's happened is he's texting me right now and he's expressing his vitriol because he's like the Steelers you're a hater the Steelers they haven't (laughs) won since such and such the San Francisco 49ers they haven't won since such such he forgets that just over the last two days, Molly, I was talking about how it might be time for Tomlin to move on and to get another head coaching job. The Steelers have come up short. He forgets that I pointed out yesterday that the San Francisco 49ers haven't won since 1994. They haven't won a Super Bowl uh, uh, longer than the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl. The difference is they've been to seven conference championship games and two Super Bowls, Mm -hmm. and the Dallas Cowboys can't get to a conference championship game. But he left that nugget out. You see, this is what Cowboys fans do. What happens is, is that... They lean on the hyperbole. They lean on the fantasy and they try to convince the world that it's reality. And then when it comes crashing down upon them, it's everybody's fault but the Dallas Cowboy fans. I got one of my college buddies. I got one of my college buddies, okay? His name, I will say, his name is Mark Turner. Why am I bringing out his name? Because (laughs) Mark Mark Turner, literally, we the fellas, because some of our boys, I mean, we got boys that are cops, the DEA, all that stuff, right? We got them looking for him. They can't find him they can't find him now you hear from him every day of the week when the cowboys win they lost we can't find it it religiously (laughs) happens in the month of january there's an apb out for mark turner and literally law enforcement Cannot find him. His wife won't tell us where he is. You understand what I'm saying? He comes home sporadically in the month of January because he knows we're looking for him, and he hides. This is what happens to Cowboys. Only Cowboy fans do this. Everybody else will sit up there and fess up and own up. My team stinks. My team ain't get it done. Right. My team choked. But the Cowboy fans, oh, we are this. We Americans, team. No, going to win the Super Bowl next year, right? No, we're going to win the Super Bowl next year, right? And then when it comes crashing down, they hide. And when they come out of hiding, what they do is their venom and hostility foments, it grows, it swells up, and then they spit it out at everybody else like it's our fault. And that's exactly what Jerry Jones is doing here. What Jerry Jones is doing is saying, look, I understand that we didn't do well. We didn't live up to expectations, but bygone it, we're not. D- Dagger we're not as bad as you think we are. We're gonna be just fine. It's just a little hiccup here We're gonna be alright. Well McCarthy's been there. It's been a bunch of hiccups Jason yeah. Garrett was there It was a bunch of hiccups everybody's been there since since Barry since Switzer left It's been hiccups, but you don't get it And like I said, that's why I sit back here and I go like this. You know what? Just relax Chill out you Thank understand you. because they've insured. they've insured. That my next, not the next year for me, is going to be absolutely, positively pleasant because this is what they're going to do. You can book it; they can't help themselves. They're addicted to being let down. They cannot help themselves, Dan Olowski. They can't do it. Allergic to prosperity is the same. Allergic saying. to prosperity. That's All right. right. Let-
1: let me, right. let me But push they're back worth on. more than any other franchise. That, so let's give them that. So as soon as they're that, like, that, that, that's hey, not the hey point. I lost, that's but I go point. home and count right. my that's millions. That's not the point. It no, makes no. life that's not a little point. easier. You think the
2: listen, 82-year-old's going home and counting millions? Jerry
1: is. Listen, I'm just but, saying, <laughs> listen, if you're going to lose, then you billions? go home and you look at your bank account, and then you're like, life's not that bad. Can I push back a little bit one more time?
3: Hold on, hold on, Dan. Hold on, Dan. Molly, let me help you out here for a second. The bank account don't matter. When you know the money that's there. When you know the money's coming twice a month or once a month and you know you can book it and it's in the bank account. Winners don't think about it. Winners don't think about right. it because you know it's there. They're worth Your more focus than on any
1: getting it other
4: franchise. So they're doing so, something but here's the, right? here, No, but here's the problem. 26 teams have made a conference championship, have made the conference championship yes. since the last time the Cowboys did. Like, I, I, I understand Jerry having faith, but at some point – it it, it it boggles the mind as far as what's going to be different. You want to keep Mike McCarthy fine. You want to keep Dak fine. But will he change his approach when it comes to free agency, when it comes to the trade deadline, when it comes to the draft? What, what will be different? Yeah. Because I don't know what Mike McCarthy has to show for the season beyond just Dak had an MVP type of season. But if
1: personnel's not really their issue, right? But I mean, that's that's, that that's that just going to be my... They, they have part of talent it. on that, they both they sides talent. of the ball. So either you need somebody that can coach them up better right. or you need the quarterback to show up in big-time moments. To me, that's the issue. 100%. Now, there are some holes
2: on this football team. I don't want to... But, but that was going to be my point to Stephen A.'s friend, who the, the guy From that Detroit, he won't, that he won't name, he right? Because yeah. I, I keep hearing this about the Steelers, all right? So, first of all... Everyone goes, well, Mike McCarthy, in into Shefty's point in the report, he's won 36 games in the regular season over the last three years. That has to be worth something. Sure, but he's won 36 games in the last three years with a quarterback who's, who's played top ten football. This year he was top five. MVP, he's had an Offensive Player of the Year candidate at wide receiver, he's got one of the best young tight ends in football in Jake Ferguson, he's got three offensive Pro all pros on the offensive line, he's got a Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Micah Parsons, he's got a one of the best secondary players in Trayvon Diggs, he's got a guy in Deron Bland who broke the NFL record for pick sixes, and he's got an NFL that leads the NFL in takeaways. So to sit there and go, well, oh my gosh, he won 36 games in three years, it's do you overachieve or underachieve? In many ways, this has been an underachievement. While 36 wins are great, compare that to Pittsburgh, who Mike Tomlin's had a coach with a Big Ben who was – Very much so at the end of his career, a roster that was depleted, a first-round pick in Kenny Pickett, who has not played up to that expectation. They haven't had nearly as much talent as Dallas. Mike Tomlin has gotten the Steelers to unquestionably overachieve, where Dallas and Mike McCarthy has, in many ways, underachieved. So people got to stop bringing that dog trash
3: comparison. But they also have to stop acting like you, Kimberly, or myself is saying that Mike McCarthy is trash. He deserves to be right. fired. Good coach. We're not saying that. We know he's a good coach. We know 14 years ago he won a Super Bowl championship. We know he has playoff experiences. We know that when Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback, he coached them to a few uh, conference championship games, okay? We know all of this about Mike McCarthy. It's not about firing him. As I pointed out on several occasions this week, it's about wait a minute, there's a six-time champion out Mm -hmm. there on the market. Do you upgrade from that position? That is the discussion. I don't have a problem. If Bill Belichick and and Jim Harbaugh are not on the market, I don't have any problem with Jerry Mm -hmm. Jones keeping Mike McCarthy. But if you say that your championship is your focus, you're 81 years of age. You, Jerry Jones, yourself, has spoken to your mortality and talked about what a concern it is because you're running out of time. And you see these flagrant errors when it comes to penalties, when it comes to clock management, when it comes to holding other coaches accountable and making sure that you're a fire breather so people are not prone towards making mistakes. Steve A., we got to
1: go. That's about mine. We got to go. Mike McCarthy speaking live at 11. Um, and and we'll get that sound. But I just have to push back on one thing. Jerry Jones, obviously one of the most powerful dialed-in owners. Maybe he knows that Harbaugh's not interested in going to Dallas, or Belichick's not interested in going to Dallas. And maybe if he's not getting not one of those, that's not what he said,
3: Molly. I know, but that's I'm not
1: just, what he said.
2: But he he might. Mike Vrabel, Ben Johnson, plenty of but good but it, get it. but as Mike Carroll.
1: but is Mike Vrabel, Ben Johnson, Pete Carroll enough of a bump up the same way that a Bill Belichick would be? Are you sure? I don't know. Better.
4: Better than Mike McCarthy. Can I quote I the man? man a accurately? Line demarcation personally. They've... To me, quote... it was Bill Belichick.
3: Can I quote uh, the man that's... accurately? The man says, I am. We are 100% behind Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I'm going see, off
4: People that. say all kinds.
1: People say all kinds of stuff.
3: I think those three guys. Well, you said he's the billionaire. You said he's counting money. He can say whatever he wants. What you gonna do, What anybody going to do I'm about it? I'm just saying. It's Why can't, like, we, on, assume of yeah, Why can't right. we assume that he's telling the truth? Why can't we assume that he's telling the truth?
1: Either either okay, way. Agree to disagree. This, I got to go to break. This has got to be the most
2: aggressive <laughs> offseason, all-in offseason, the Cowboys have ever had.
1: But we said the problems, the coaching and the quarterback. So what no, do they, they do? They, they, to go win a Super Bowl, they need more pieces. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hey, hey, Molly Karam here. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and much more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every single purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the pod.
0: Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details.
1: Anthony Davis can score, rebound, and clearly pass, two. Davis had nine assists to finish one shy of a potential second triple-double in three games, and the Lakers overcame Luka Doncic's triple-double to beat the Dallas Mavs 127-110 last night. LeBron, meanwhile, had 25 points, eight rebounds, eight assists to help the Lakers win their fourth game in six. LeBron, however, guys, a little distracted post-game. Watch this.
0: Steady died of, you know, plays, whatever they do. You know they get a, a rhythm for that, so um, it's good. Pull it, sorry. <laughs> Pull it, shoot it. Oh, good pass. <laughs> Catch the <laughs> ball. <man. laughs> how How is bro- how was
2: Barney looking in that game?
0: Um, he's doing well. How's USC looking? They've been better. Shoot it. As um, long as we make shots for him, then you know teams will stop doubling them. So it's 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 our it's our job to make sure we're in the right position. Shoot it.
1: Wendy, that's hilarious. LeBron trying to do the post-game press conference, like coaching his son. We've all seen that through the TV screen. Uh, Your thoughts.
5: Well first off, how cool was it that LeBron was live on ABC National TV last night and Bronny was playing live on ESPN at the same time? That's a great moment. Secondly, LeBron's one of the greatest multitaskers I've ever encountered. Molly, I once saw him doing an interview like exactly that. I was there at a the post-game where he's discussing the game eloquently, and he looks up and sees another game that is not involving his teams in the NBA and accurately predicted what late game play the other team was going to run to win the game and correctly called what defense the team should be in. He's got this ability to see a lot of different things at once.
3: Yes, he does. Yes, he does.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You're right. That is such a cool moment. I, I didn't even realize that, that ABC and ESPN was happening at the same time, him and his son. And Wendy, maybe we'll see them play together in a couple of years. We'll see. But let's focus on the Lakers now. So after back-to-back wins against good teams, is this success sustainable, would you say?
5: So maybe. And I know that's not the, the strong answer that you'd like to hear and the Lakers would like to hear a stronger answer. Darvin Ham has been all over the place trying like crazy, guys, to figure out a way to have this team be competitive offensively. I don't think I've ever seen a team that's a competitive team like the Lakers get boat raced in the first quarter as much as they have this year. And his latest move is to put his two guards, his two scoring guards, Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, into the starting lineup. This is how they started the season and it was a disaster. They, they were getting blown out every first quarter, and basically, he was forced to break Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell up. Well, over these last few games, D'Angelo Russell has come back to life. And this is really a core issue with the Lakers. They're one of the biggest things that's important with their offense, which is the biggest challenge on the whole roster, is that they are really reliant on D'Angelo Russell to deliver for them. And he is a high-variance player in good times. Throughout his career, he can drop 35, he can drop 5. It's all over the place. For the last month, even more, he's been cold. So much so that he got taken out of the starting lineup and was basically, I don't want to make an assumption, but was basically brooding, pouting uh, about it. He also had an injury in there and not talking to the media and hearing his name in trade talks. And then they had to put him back in the starting lineup three games ago because of another injury, this one to Cam Reddish, and he's been hot and he's been awesome. And all of a sudden, Anthony Davis has 25 assists in three games, the most in his career. Yeah, he's passing the ball. He's, Anthony Davis is having an excellent season. But it's because he's passing the ball to a guy who's making the shots. So, like, yeah, Stephen A., when the Lakers are at their top offensively, when D'Angelo Russell is hitting shots, of course they are a formidable team. But you just can't trust him from one week to the next, which is one of the reasons he's been involved in trade talks.
3: Absolutely. That's the problem, and I've been saying that for weeks. Wendy, you know I've been saying that for weeks. I'm not blaming it. First of all, Anthony Davis is playing like an MVP candidate. He's playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. He's been lights out. Major, major props to him, and his durability hasn't been a question mark because he's played damn near every game. He's only missed a few games this year, so give love and credit to Anthony Davis Where's due. LeBron is LeBron, and I don't care when he has an off night or whatever. The man is 39 years of age in his 21st season. He's still averaging better than 25 a game. He's still LeBron, and so for me, when you know that you can rely on those two brothers to do what they are doing. It comes down to you simply doing your damn job, which is why I said, and I announced on national television, if I'm Jeannie Bus, if I'm Rob Palenka, I grab some of these brothers, I take them in the car around Los Angeles, I make sure the weather's nice, sunshine is not gray skies, clear skies, sun is shining and what have you, and be like, listen, how many places in America is like this? You wanna stay here? Or you wanna go back to Minnesota? You wanna go someplace else? Because we ain't gonna tolerate this, you gotta do something. Now, it's not an accident that eight of D'Angelo Russell's team high 29 points came for passes from Anthony Davis, like you pointed out. When Anthony Davis gives him the ball, Anthony, it ain't like Anthony Davis just started giving him the ball. He's been giving him the ball. It's just that he wasn't making shots. He was missing shots. When D'Angelo Russell is making shots, that makes their offense that much more potent and formidable. Why? Because it freed things up a little bit more for LeBron James, for an Anthony Davis. They can't, like LeBron said, they can't double it's quickly on Anthony Davis when you got D'Angelo Russell to worry about if he's kicking the ball out to him. By the way, let's get Austin Reed more involved in the activities. He came, played summer ball this year, obviously came into this season, didn't start off strong. It wasn't just D'Angelo Russell that wasn't getting it done. It was Austin Reeves who wasn't getting it done either. We have to literally call it like it is from the standpoint that if D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves play up to their potential, the Lakers could go on a run and could even go to a conference finals. Without those two doing what they got to do, the Lakers would be lucky to make the play-in. This is not a, a a franchise that's about LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They've shown you what they can do and are willing to do. It's the other guys that have to step up. And two of those key guys are Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. And by the way, you traded Rob Pelinka. You didn't trade, but you acquired Gabe Vincent in the offseason. I don't know if you should have let go of Schrader. Because guess what? Dennis Trader, when he was on the team last year, I mean, this this dude was an energizer bunny. He came off the bench. He could make shots. He was clutch. He could make free throws. He had moxie. He was tough. I would not have let him go. I would have found a way to keep him and run it back again. The fact that they don't have him and they got a Gabe Vincent who can ball but clearly has been injured and hasn't really played this year has really compromised their success as well.
1: Uh, Wendy, let me ask you this. Uh, big trade yesterday. What impact do you think the Pacers acquiring Pascal Siakam will have in the East?
5: Well, look, Pascal Siakam and Tyrese Halliburton are going to fall in love with playing with each other because Siakam is a great transition up-tempo player and nobody is better in transition than, than, than Halliburton and nobody runs more, almost in the NBA, than the Pacers. You're going to start seeing highlights immediately and they're a serious c- contender to be the number four seed, I think. If you can look how tightly packed the East is, I think they've taken a major step forward. From a league perspective, though, Molly, I think the big takeaway from this is who did not get Siakam. Now, I think the Pacers were in the driver's seat on this all the way and I think primarily because they have shown an interest in giving Siakam a max contract in the offseason and I'm not sure that was the case everywhere else and that made him a more valuable trade piece. It but if you look at a team like the Philadelphia 76ers. That's a team that, you know, had the assets to trade for mm. Siakam. And you add Siakam to the 76ers, especially if they don't touch their core, that's a very that's a hugely impactful move. I don't think the Warriors have gotten to the point where they're ready to make that type of move. But Siakam and the Warriors did make some sense. And so, you know, and, and it's it's important to realize they made this deal three weeks before the deadline. And there's a number of different reasons for that. I think the Pacers want Siakam in-house. They want him in-house when Halliburton comes back from his hamstring injuries so they can take off. I think the Raptors wanted to get Bruce Brown, who now could be retraded somewhere else. He's got an expiring contract. But it was also before you could get to the deadline where... Maybe the Sixers and the Warriors could have gotten involved. I think a shrewd move by the Pacers to close the deal now because that's what people in the league were watching. I don't think Siakam's move will affect the title race, but I think it could have affected it if we had let it get closer to the deadline.
3: Well, I will say this, a couple of things. Number one, if you're Bruce Brown, hope that the Toronto Raptors buy you out and you can end up back in Denver because I think that that's, that's where he belongs. I think that he, he would be in as a – I'm just I'm saying just, I'm – I just, just got chill. There, there, there you go. You know what I'm saying? So this, this dude showed up in the playoffs in the finals. So, I like him. But let me say this about Pascal Siakam. I like him a lot. I know he's a 22-point per game scorer. He shoots better than 50% for the field. Not a great three-point shooter. We get that about him. I know he brings some offensive firepower. Is he affecting the balance pow- about a power in the Eastern Conference? Hell no. That would be Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. I don't think he's affecting that for the Indiana Pacers. That's just my belief, even though Indiana has beaten Milwaukee four the five times they've gone against them this year. And we saw Milwaukee last night without Giannis wet the bed in Cleveland. I'm not sleeping on Donovan Mitchell because I love him and I wish he was in the New York Knicks uniform, but I'm just not sold on Cleveland. So could Indiana elevate itself to a top five, or top four spot within the Eastern Conference, giving folks like the Knicks and the Miami Heat a run for their money? Okay, we can make that argument, but... As far as the other guys, I don't see that making that much of a difference. Let me touch on your point about Siakam as a Philadelphia 76er. If you're talking about keeping Embiid, Maxie, and Tobias Harris with Siakam on that squad, oh, I like that. I, I love the possibility of that. But I'm imagining that if you were to let go of him, somebody like to buy, if you were to lose him, somebody like Tobias to Harris, somebody that you would get in return. I want to bring up the name Tobias harris On national television for this reason, because I mentioned it on my podcast yesterday, the Stephen A. Smith show. Let me say this. Tobias Harris, a potential championship is in your hands. The way that 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 Joel Embiid has been playing, combined with the way that Tyrese Maxey has been playing. The Tobias Harris that we've seen in recent recently, the one that dropped 32 in a loss, I think it was to Atlanta, the one that dropped 37 in a win over Sacramento, the one that dropped 24 the other night. If that Tobias Harris shows up with a level of more assertiveness, more efficiency offensively, all right, because we know he's capable of it. I don't think you can dismiss the Philadelphia 76ers because of the sheer dominance of a Joel Embiid and what havoc he can cause. So I'm not sold on, well, you know what, Tobias Harris is not this or is not that. Tobias Harris got skills, he's got size, He's got a perimeter game. He can post you up. He can average 20 a night anytime he wants to. If he wants it bad enough, Nick Nurse has increased the pace. They're averaging seven more points per game. They're still the same in defensive rating. They were fourth last year. They're fourth right now. All of these things get taken into consideration. It comes down to Tobias Harris being a bit more aggressive. This brother is not a scrub. I get tired of people talking about him like he can't play. Tobias Harris can play. He is not a scrub. He just has to take the bull by the horn and say, you know what, I look at Boston, I look at Milwaukee, I look at Miami, I think I got the potential with the way Maxie has shown up now that Harden is gone with the ball in his hands, with Embiid being the league MVP candidate, the reigning league MVP, averaging 35.1 points per game, Molly. If I'm Tobias Harris, all I got to do is say, give me the damn ball a little bit more and show out. And the Philadelphia 76ers could make some noise. That's all I wanted to say about that.
5: Yeah. Two things uh, real quick. One, sure. I do think the Sixers could have made that deal, Stephen A., because the Raptors ultimately wanted draft picks and expiring contracts. They could do it without including Tobias. The question is what they've been willing to pay in the max, and that, that's, a, that's another thing. The second thing is, under Doc Rivers, Tobias Harris's role diminished. He only averaged 12 points a game last year, making almost $40 million. That's why people were against him. Nick Nurse, one of the first things he did, increased Tobias Harris's role. Scoring's up five points, and everything else, you're right on.
1: Yep. Uh, currently, the Sixers are third in the East, and the Pacers are seventh, right behind the Heat. Brian Windhorst, you're the best. Uh, gone Thank with you, the wind Molly. now. Gone with the wind. Did you like that? It's a little cringe. is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take pod. Have a fabulous day.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code FIRSTTAKE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll get $150 in bonus bets. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. For New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 For Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050. For Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. For Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. For Puerto Rico, call one 800 981 0023. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
1: Ooh, this is going to be good. Two of the most electric quarterbacks face off Saturday at 415 in Baltimore. Just get comfy on your couch this weekend, folks. The one-seeded Ravens host the fourth-seeded Texans as Lamar Action Jackson and C.J. Stroud look to put on a show. Baltimore, though, a heavy favorite at eight. Okay, I'm going to start with our quarterback. Um, Dan, does Lamar have to win a Super Bowl to change the narrative?
2: Oh, 100%. Lamar has to go win the Super Bowl. Winning MVP no longer matters. Getting to the Super Bowl does not matter. Um, I, I think, and hear me when I say this, Molly, Kimberly, Stephen A., and everybody, this is not pandering. This is not caping. This is the dead honest truth, and there's a little bit of insight to this. People that sound, or players that sound, look, and play like Lamar Jackson were never supposed to win Super Bowls in the NFL. In people's eyes, they were never supposed to win Super Bowls in the NFL. You weren't supposed to be able to stand on the podium and sound the way that Lamar does when he talks or look the way that Lamar does when he talks or play like the way that Lamar plays and win a Super Bowl. You might be good. You might win an MVP. There's people in the league, and they have publicly said, I don't care how many MVPs he wins. He will never win a Super Bowl playing quarterback. I don't care what they say. I think Lamar is very aware of that. I think Lamar is very aware of the, no matter what I do, until I win a Super Bowl, people are always going to think that I should have played running back, and that people that look like me or kids that look like me or come from the background that I do or sound like I do can't go play quarterback and win a Super Bowl in the NFL. Here's the thing for me, Stephen A., Kimberly, and Molly. We've had other black quarterbacks win Super Bowls in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has won. Russell Wilson has won. Doug Williams has won. But when we hear those names at quarterback, we think throw first. We think a thrower or a passer first. We don't with Lamar. Most people think runner with Lamar. Most people think of athlete with Lamar. And for him to go win a Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, It completely changes the narrative around Lamar. It completely changes the narrative around that position when it comes to players that look and sound and play like Lamar, not only for people that are close to his age, but kids that watch Lamar. And I think their organization's very aware of it. I think their head coach is abundantly aware of it. And I think Lamar is very unapologetically aware of it, that he can't just get there. He has to win it.
4: I think it's very difficult to, for a lot of people, to be to be black in America and not understand that the same rules do not apply to you. Like that's the reality, right? And so when you say Lamar is very aware of it, he understands, he understands. I was there in front of the podium at this, at the combine when he was coming out and the questions that he had to, that he was asked, and I was so impressed with how he handled it because the minute he stepped behind the mic People immediately question why he was here, why he thought he could be a quarterback. Now you have this season, this season, where he's a clear the clear MVP, and yet people will tell you, nope, Josh Allen should be it. This season, people will bring up, and Doggy and I get into it every Wednesday about Lamar Jackson. People will bring up that he's one and three in the playoffs. Yet don't add the context of the fact that Lamar is literally a more improved version of the unanimous MVP pick that we saw in 2019. This is not a guy who has regressed. In fact, his game has gotten better. Every year when, when anonymous executives were like, oh, yeah, the league's figured out Lamar Jackson. Have you? It doesn't appear that way. Now, this weekend is a pivotal game for him. It should not matter. Let me stop. It should be enough for him to just reach the Super Bowl. But because of latent racism, we have prejudice that's cloaked in this framework of traditional football is supposed to look and sound and, and behave like this. And just general, hey, when it comes to QBs, my preference is complete, 6-4, stand in the pocket, just throw it. Because of all of those things, I think people discount Lamar at every turn. And I, people think I'm a Lamar apologist, but no, I'm watching a young man who, despite all the criticism, has risen to the occasion. When he's at, he was asked to do more with less for several years, Baltimore finally gave him weapons, and we're seeing him command this offense, an offense that's suited for his skill set, and he's allowed to flourish. People are still waiting for the... Uh, uh, uh. But, so unfortunately... He does have to win a Super Bowl. And that's what he intends to do.
3: Believe it or not, <clears throat> and I'm going to be very, very serious here. Believe it or not, the things that both of y'all have said, showering Lamar Jackson with all the laudables that you have showered him with, they're all incredibly deserved. They are right on point, And it still comes up short in my opinion, compared to what I'm about to bring up. Dan Orlovsky, you sat up there and you talked about how he looks, how he sounds. Somebody that's like that wasn't supposed to be excelling at the quarterback position in the National Football League. I'll crystallize it for you. It's emblematic of the kind of racist tendencies that have been exercised when it came to black quarterbacks for a long period of time. So we understand that, right Mm -hmm. now here we are fast forwarded to the year 2024, the 2023 season to start off this season. Week one, I pointed out on my podcast, the Stephen A. Smith show yesterday, we started this season with 14 black quarterbacks behind center. Okay. 14. We came into the postseason with six black quarterbacks. We are now with four black quarterbacks, Mahomes, Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Jordan Love, still in the postseason. No matter what you want to say about the black quarterback, we got to give Lamar Jackson credit for precisely, Dan, what you pointed out, what the obstacles were. Exactly what you pointed out, Kim, what the obstacles were. Yes, Lamar Jackson needs to win a Super Bowl championship. That is true. But why does he need to win? Because his greatness demands it. This season, 13-3 as a starter, 67 completion percentage, 3,678 pass yards, 27 touchdown passes, 24 touchdown passes, just seven interceptions, okay? I'm looking at this right now, 10-3 record versus winning teams, 68% completion percentage, 21 touchdown passes, just six interceptions, a 106.3 passer rating, plus he's a former league MVP. Didn't play in the postseason in the last two years because he got hurt the last five games of each of the last two seasons, okay? But he's healthy now. We're looking at him and we have to demand that you're better than the one in three postseason record that your resume shows because we know you are. But we also need to understand that at this point in time, there's such an incredible level of gratitude. Black quarterbacks throughout this league should give Lamar Jackson because because he doesn't quote unquote look the part. Because okay. he doesn't Stephen quote unquote a, sound the part. That
1: thought. We're look up at the opportunities it. he's opened. We're taking a quick break. We're gonna come right back to the subject. Do not go anywhere